No more Mr. Nice Duck. Drop that zero and get with the hero. <laughs> Excuse me? Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sewer and the Kodan Armada. And now, ladies and gentlemen, any further questions? Bar, yeah, please. For the first one who buys one, right? Ah. Souvenirs, novelties, party tricks. Apparently, it's rusted junk, and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Rusty Junk, where we're looking at the 1981 film Stripes, starring Bill Murray, Al Ramis and John Candy. Are you stuck in a dead-end job? We're going to be killed! Oh no. Just keep your hands on the wheel and slow down! Not <laughs> Personal problems got you down. You can't go! All the plants are going to die! Well, the U.S. Army can turn your life around. Before I knew it, she was walking next to me, singing do what do. Join a whole new breed of professionals. Learn what it's like to feel like a man. Get your body into incredible shape. Muscles, I love those muscles. Gentlemen! Master important career skills. Oh, what are you going to do with that? This. And this. <laughs> Who's your friend? Who's your buddy? I am, aren't I? And represent your country in foreign lands. Gentlemen, we are in Germany! So if you're a man who likes to take charge of your own life... Boom, shaka, like a boom, shaka, like a boom, shaka, like a boom! So am I to understand that you men completed your training on your own? That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! And this looks like your kind of challenge. Green killer! You're a lean, mean, violent machine! I'll do it! Join Bill Murray in Stripes. This could be the best experience of your life. What the? Okay, that was the trailer for Stripes. Um, I don't know what to make of that, actually, now that you see the trailer. And then you listen to it and you watch it. There's kind of like key bits of the film that are in there. If, you, if you're actually watching it, it's there's key key things in there that kind of give it away well I would like to say the trailer is probably an accurate representation of the film this time rather than some of the other trailers that we've watched for Prancer. some of the other films yeah. yes Prancer being one of them yes um, so yeah it's it's an accurate representation of the film I would say yeah absolutely um, and you'll be pleased to know that we are changing the format around a little bit um, uh, on our podcasts I just wanted to um, get that up up front. Um, we're going to have like a bit a bit more structure to the podcast. We had a chat about this, didn't we? We did in the in the car today. Yeah, we did. All the fun things we chat about in the car. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, and we thought we'd need some like structure of of what we're doing rather than you know telling a chronological view of the film. We thought it worked quite well for Iron Eagle and for Chances Are, but you know for things like Leviathan, which. Um, 
I don't think we enjoyed watching really as much. It was we? all right. I think I mean, your your all your nostalgic heartfelt kind of hmm. <coughs> memories growing up as a teenager. You know, teenager. It, right. it didn't. It didn't really uh, hit the spot this time, did it? Anyway. Yes, we're we're doing a swaparoo and a bit of a bit yeah. Of we're just a doing a bit up. of thing, so we're still keeping roll call. Roll we're still going to have roll call, um, and we're also going to um, then go into like bits from the film rather than discuss the whole film, um, and then we're going to end with a bit of trivia about the film, which Ooh. is usually where um, Amanda has no idea what I'm going to be saying, and she'll just react to it accordingly. <laughs> Like the Freshfield bit in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's very correct. That was a good one, yeah? Yes. I, I may have better. Oh. I may have better. Right. Not quite as obscure. Um, anyway, so I, I suppose we better uh, like get on and say what we thought of the film um, and what sort of rating would you give it? Oh, the rating? Um, pro- well, out of ten, yeah. I'd give it a five. A five? Yeah. A five? Yeah. Good there Lord. wasn't a huge storyline to it. Well, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be war and peace. It doesn't have to be like... No, no, but there wasn't... It, it, it didn't really have a purpose. Well... I still don't think at the end it, it resolved why they went into, into it in the first the place. The purpose was redemption. From what? For, for him not being a particularly successful or... Well, I don't Anything. think he was really successful as a soldier, to be honest. What, rescuing all the, the, the people oh, wow. at the end? Well, okay, mm. taking the EM50 into yeah. into enemy lines. Um, oh, well, from that five, um, I have a real problem with this because uh, when you say, again, there's you've got to understand, when I see these films, I see them in the 80s, <laughs> um, and I, I really have a fond memory and then you go back to some of them. So things like Back to the Future are quite easy. You know, that you could if that's on, you know, if, if you stumble across it on TV, you end up watching it because it's so good. And and repeat viewing after repeat viewing of Back to the Future, it, nothing diminishes the sort of nostalgia you've got about it. But I think something like Stripes, I think we just like all watched it as a family. We kind of like, it was like a family film. A family thing. film? Well, no, yeah, but I mean, There's our some family film. 18 rated content in there. That's not, it's not. It's, I think it's the 12. Uh, don't think so. Well, I think it was a 15 when it came out, or the equivalent mm. or whatever it was. Um, mm. There is some nudity, but there's more nudity in the version that we watched, but we'll get to that um, because we we watched the wrong version. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I'm going to give it eight. Um, eight? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give eight it eight. Ten. Yeah, because. Yeah. Me. Well, because if you look at if you look at what this film, Goodness it's not just the me. film itself; it's it's the performances in the film, okay. um, and it's just it's a product of what it is. It's a product of the time. It's 1981. You got to understand where all these people were at the time. You know, you have got likes of John Candy and Harold Ramis. Well, no, because I mean they're just starting from, you know, Bill Murray's riding highs in Saturday Night Live, you know, and he's he wants some film vehicles, the way he can start to do it where he can start to prove what he can do. Mm. And I think this is definitely... It's definitely a strong vehicle because from this, he gets Ghostbusters. From this, he gets... You know, people start to see. He's in Caddyshack. And Caddyshack is an incredible film. I, I, I mean, really. If we watch Stripes as a family, Caddyshack was pretty much worn out as a family. So it's one of those films... 
he plays the groundskeeper in that. You get to see the comic talent. You get to see Bill Murray's, I mean, extreme comic talent. I know we talked about Steve Martin, but you look at what, I know we'll get to Roll Call in a minute, but you look at the sort of films that Bill Murray's gone on to do, you know, they are classics. Yeah, but the thing with Bill Murray, I think, is you don't get, like, a proper emotional response as a, as a film viewer. I don't feel that I'm emotionally connected to him. He's almost a bit like, you know, the the class joker. So not like Ghostbusters, in that you didn't feel connected in that. No. Lost in translation. No, didn't feel connected to him. <gasps> I just find I don't. Right. It, it just doesn't. Whereas John Candy, if he was playing, you know, a serious part, I feel I would. He hasn't played many serious parts. Well, no, but I would feel a connection. It's really weird. I just, okay. I just think there's something about the way Bill Murray acts or his mannerisms or something. I just don't have that emotional mm. kind of... You know, some characters, they can draw you in and really make you feel a lot of stuff. Have you got a good example of that? Um, uh, oh, you can't have Robert Downey Jr.? No, not off the top of my head. But, you know, you know me. I'm quite an emotional person when I'm watching anything. God, I cry at leaving Strictly Come Dancing or whatever. Mm. But, you know... I just don't think I'd ever cry at a film that Bill Murray's in. Okay. I just don't... I, I okay. mean, even Scrooged. I mean, that was a good film, but I didn't... Did you not get emotional at the end, where he's, where he's his, like, you know, the obviously the epiphany? No, not, no, not really. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just... I, I remember sitting in a cinema with um, my mate George, and we came out of that, and I think we, we actually were quite emotional for teenagers... I think we hugged each other, if I can remember. It was quite... Because it was, like, all Christmassy and... Yeah. Scrooge just great. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, it's okay. But, anyway. I just don't think he does a depth of character, particularly. There's probably going to be... I, I, I typecast. I'll tell you the reason for the eight, because, obviously, we're not going to do the film chronologically. We're not going to describe mm. the film. We're not mm-hmm. going to go into it. But but we'll go into that in a minute. Anyway, um, do you want to do the theme tune for the next bit? For Roll Call... Oh, okay. Do you, uh, do you, uh, I don't mind. I think I did it last time, and I think you did it. But do, can we do, do it together? Oh, right, can we? Yeah, all right. One, two, three. Roll, roll call, call, roll call. Oh, sorry. Are we doing? Uh, no, last time it was like I did about three. I did roll call, roll call, roll call. You can see we've not rehearsed yeah, this. <laughs> you can tell we chatted in the car about some things and missed out the how many roll calls are we going to do in the roll call <laughs> Well, we'll thing. sort that out later. Alright, okay. But anyway, it's that part of the it is. part of the show. Um, what you I, th- I think the roll, the roll call is quite interesting on, this then. time. So, um, Lance Legault. Who's that? He plays the general in there which basically tells him uh, I've got this EM50 project and I need some go-getters, and I'd like your... Oh, you know, he's your the guys. guy on the podium when, on the no, passing out parade. No, he's the guy that interrupts John Larroquette's character, ogling the girls in the shower. <laughs> oh, how 80s. Absolutely. But anyway... There's another film, isn't there, where girls in the shower get ogled? Por- porkies. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, another And Porkies too, 80s. they get ogled. Yeah, just ogling. There's plenty of it. But Lance Legault <laughs> is one of those characters who... He played Colonel Decker in the A-Team. So basically, he was the guy that was after the A-team all the time. <laughs> right? So he was he was one of those. And he was an Iron Eagle. He played one of the generals. Oh, he's not typecasting anyway. I know, yeah. 
Well, he pretty much had a military uniform on for, for most of the performances. Maybe just dusted it off every film. If I ever saw him in a film or a TV series with a cardigan, I'd be like, what's that? going on? Yeah, that that would be weird. Um, John... Uh, John Le- 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 Carouette. Le- Carouette. Easy for you to say. It is. Um, he stars in a fi- another film with John Candy. He stars in another film called Summer Rental. And that is in one of the 175 films that we've got lined up for this. So yeah, you're in it for the you're in it for the long haul. Might be the, the latter part of the 175. It might be. It, it may be. Summer Rental's not a bad film actually, but anyway, um, it, again, he's in one of these. He comes up in the trivia. He was in a TV series in the states called Night Court. Um, so we'll get to that in the trivia bit. Um, Warren Oates. Now, Warren Oates got the part. He plays Sergeant Hulker, the platoon sergeant. Um, and basically, Warren Oates, um, the reason he got the part is because oh, they wanted... I quite liked some... his character, actually. Yeah, he's a good character. Yeah, yeah. And he's a good actor. Um, he starred in a lot of westerns beforehand. I can see that, yeah. Um, and they picked him because they wanted somebody sort of gruff and they wanted you know, somebody a bit bit hard that could play that sort of character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was going to leave this for the trivia part, but he, um, he actually died a year after filming. Oh, yeah, which is a real shame when because I, I didn't know that until I looked at looked at that sort of thing. Which is because he'd he'd obviously filmed Blue Thunder. He's in Blue Thunder with Roy Scheider from Jaws, um, and Blue Thunder is just an incredible film. I mean, that's definitely should be on the list. Uh, mm. And I think if we'll, the next action side of film that we do, I think Blue Thunder should be up there because. It's it's recognisable. Mm. I mean, so it's just one of those things. But anyway, we get to this. Um, John Candy. Um, well, see, unfortunately, his his life was cut short. He died in 1994, and everyone thinks that you know, oh, he carried on and he made all these wonderful films. He did. He did make all these wonderful films, just not as many as you probably think. Mm. I think the films that he did make are just so ingrained in, in your mind that you think it's John Candy and if I told, told you to mention uh, your favourite John Candy film do you have one? No You don't So I suppose you look at it and you look at Uncle Buck and you just think that's that's fantastic I mean we watched that recently and he's great in that because he's just this you know lovable vulnerable sort of character and things like this but I think the first time that I truly saw John Candy was in this film and from here, he went and did Brewster's Millions. Do you remember that with Richard Pryor? He had to spend thirty million in thirty days in order to get his real inheritance of like three hundred million. Oh, I vaguely remember vaguely, that. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. Did it have the two guys in it that were from another film? Oh, you're thinking the of the guys, guys from Trading Places? Yes. Right. Um, yes, they cameoed in it. In Brewster's Millions, I forgot they're rattling a tin at some point because they've lost yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, crikey, I'm testing my eighties knowledge on that oh. one. But I think yes, I think they, they were they definitely cameoed in a film where they played tramps. Um, why am I thinking coming to America? But anyway, it's it's something like that. Um, I think Brewster's Millions, you start to see John Candy really come into his own. But from my point of view, this film is just incredible. John Candy for me, his best performance will always be Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Because you just look at that and you just think, I, 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 I can't think of a time where I was watching a film 
I think it's the first film I was watching where my actual sides were aching because I just, I, I just, it was just relentless. Uh, the, the performances, you've got Steve Martin, uh, you've got John Candy. Sides were aching from? Laughing, it's just, oh, okay. it's just incredible. Right. I mean, crikey, the airport, you know, car rental scene has to be. I've not seen it. Oh, crikey, it has to be one of the funniest things. Anyway, um, but yeah, so Uncle Buck, Home Alone, um, you know, oh, it's just, anyway, a very, very sorely missed talent um, is John Candy. But anyway, um, then you've got Harold Ramis, who plays Russell Ziski, and Harold <laughs> Ramis is famous for Egan Spangler in Ghostbusters. Yes. And when you looked at his filmography, he was in Groundhog Day, but he did a lot of writing, he did a lot of directing, he directed Groundhog Day, and he also appeared as the person that gives Bill Murray the, the check over and goes, nope, everything's fine, I don't know what's going on with you, type thing, because he says, I keep reliving this day, and I think there's probably something wrong with me. Um, he did a lot of writing, so he wrote Caddyshack, he wrote Meatballs, which is a film he starred in with Bill Murray in 79, I believe, um, so just before Stripes. So they obviously had some sort of chemistry there. Mm. Um, but he did a lot of writing. He did a lot of voiceovers for Ghostbusters. Um, but he was just wonderful. I mean, I, I, I just love watching him because I just think he's, his, his comic timing is just great. And, and I loved it in this film. Bill Murray, I think we just covered it. But obviously, standout bits for me. Obviously, You, you go back and look at Saturday Night Live and you do the lounge singer sing, singing Star Wars. And you can't find that on YouTube. You can't. He goes, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. And it's just, I love that every time I see it. But you can't find it anymore because it's just one of those things that's just lost. Um, what about Bob uh, Kingpin? But lost in translation, I think Bill Murray's just incredible in that. Oh, I think that's a bit of a Marmite film. Do you think? Mm. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know what's not to like about it. So I'd be, are you, are you on the other side of me? Um, I think that, I can't really remember it. I know I've watched it. It's got um, what's the face in it? Scarlett Johansson. That's it. Yes. Mm. Um, there's a an air of tension in it, isn't there? But I think I don't know. It it moved a little bit slow. Um, so I think it's it was more kind of you know one of those thoughtful arty kind of. No, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I thought it was. I can't listen to anyway. um, more than this by Roxy Music without thinking of Bill Murray's take on it and the karaoke. Uh, I, to this day, I'll always do. Anyway, that's Royal Call. Oh, the uh, women that are in it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That sounds awful. Uh, no, no, it sounds. Well, it sounds awful. And when you, when we get to the trivia part, you'll probably understand why why I forgot about it. Um, so, Sean Young uh, stars in this as a military police uh, person um, alongside, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Oh, I can sell her into the prep. It's awful. But Sean Young uh, is, is in Blade Runner opposite um, Harrison Ford. So, mm. she didn't do much else really after that. There's not really a lot. When you go through the filmography, there's bits here, there's bits there. You know, there's not that... No, you know it's not anyway um, so yeah the, the women aren't treated well in this film I think but uh, are you looking it up are you yeah okay I don't think you'll find much for the for the uh, the other woman who played the the other military police person 
<clears throat> but anyway, so that's the end of roll call. So are, are we? Are you looking it up? No, are you looking it on. up live? I shall just. Well, I can't finish roll call until you've. Well, it's it's gonna just gonna be a little bit annoying right. cause, Okay. Uh, right. What am I looking? That's for? great. Well, no, I'm sure people tune in just to just to talk, hear, to, hear, me, hear a commentary uh, about me phone. watching you <laughs> tap into your phone. That's Pardon me. One. Excellent. I thought there was a TV series called Stripes. There was, apparently. Um, they did make it into a TV series. You jump in the gun on the trivia. Oh, sorry. No, just because it came up on IMDb. I'll, I'll leave right. that one off uh, now. Where's the cast? Here we go. Right, cast list. PJ Souls. Right, PJ Souls. Played um, Stella. She was married to Dennis Quaid at the time. That's a fun fact. Yep, but not a lot else, really, unfortunately. Oh, she was in Halloween. Yeah. In 1978, mm. Carrie in 1976. Right. Stripes. I I thought she Devil's was great rejects. in this. I I, 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 I thought she was great in this film, and I do apologise um, to both because uh, the, the that's oh, she was terrible. in the new Halloween film, the 2018 one. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. She plays the teacher. Apparently. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure she'd be wonderful in this, uh, in that because she was wonderful in this. So I do apologise again. Right, that's the end of Roll Call. Roll Call. Roll call. So, um, the plot of Stripes, for those that haven't watched it, is basically Bill Murray's a down on his taxi driver. He's not particularly in, in an awful lot. Um, he decides after a series of events, he gets his car repossessed, his girlfriend leaves him, he quits his job. He decides to join the army and take his best friend with him. He takes uh, Harold Ramis with him. Um, so they join, they, they get on the uh, the bus, they're all, they're all recruited, they go for basic training, they've got John Candy in there, um, and just it's just a, a bunch of misfits trying to become a lot of um, the best they can be really, isn't it? Hmm. Oh, she was in uh, Private Benjamin. Oh, okay, okay, cool. <clears throat> right, so, let's move off that then. Okay, so... Um, it's just one of those, and it is from there. So the description: um, they get, try to get themselves in shape. They um, lose Sergeant Hulker because Sergeant Hulker's a great person, but he has an accident, a very funny accident on the military. Uh, uh, he gets a mortar shell <laughs> fired, yeah, fired of at the, the structure he's the on. Inept. Um, yeah, John Marquette's character, absolutely. Um, oh, he's funny. He plays a good part. You liked him? Yeah, I thought it was really funny, especially when he was playing with his toy soldiers in his office. <laughs> Not a euphemism. Um, but he was... Uh, so uh, they have to finish basic training on their own. Um, the the military's got this secret um, project called the EM50 project. <laughs> um, and because they do, I, I, th- I think, personally, a sort of memorable... Um, performance uh where they when it comes to the graduation bit they they do their own bit and it's just when you see that um even if you haven't watched stripes you can go on youtube and you can see because what they do now with films is they split some of these films up into into segments so you know you can have 10 segments of the film and it's almost like the crib notes of the film that they, they show you all the good the good scenes in it and one of them is the graduation scene, which is, I think you might have heard on, on the trailer, where they go boom shakalaka like a boom shakalaka, right? And it's just a, I just think it's a great thing. Anyway, they get selected for the EM50 project. 
um, which turns out to be a um, camper van, basically. Um, they don't quite know what it is or what it does. All they know is they have to guard it. Um, they nick it on the proviso that they're going to, what was it, take it for a wash, <laughs> take it to a car wash. Um, so they take it to go and visit their military police girlfriends in the uh, in Germany. Meanwhile, the platoon realise this thing's been nicked. They go off to, to look for them. They end up being captured and taken off the, taken over the border in where? where? Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. The old Czechoslovakia. Um, so they get taken there and get held by the Russians and it's up to Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. Do you know what I've not done? What? Looked at the geography of like how far they've had well, to Well, it's next travelled. to Germany. Yeah, but they were in Italy. They were in Germany. They were in Italy. Okay, so they went to Italy. They went to Italy. And then drove it all the way to... Drove Ge- it to or, Germany. Okay. And then... Across the border. Drove to Czechoslovakia. Well, it was only across the border. It was only just across the border. Well, that's a lot of mileage. Well, it's worth it. In in the film, dri- it takes about like 20 minutes. I drive. I drive many, many miles to see you, sweetheart. That's not the point, though. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is the, the film sort of makes it sound like it's just a 10-minute drive away from each hmm. and every site, and it's not at all. Anyway, um, so that's that's basically the plot of it. So we're not going to go through anything. I, I just think that you know, the, the performances are great, but unfortunately, as I said at the start, we had a bit of an issue where I realised I'd downloaded the, the special edition. So the special edition is actually 20 minutes longer than the normal film. Um, and it yeah, includes but you some... know what? You're a bit of a like a bit of a geek because you went, oh, that was not in the original film. Ooh. Yeah, I just went, that's, that's wait oh, a minute. Oh, we're back on it now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God. You actually know like <laughs> scenes in a film that weren't actually in it. Well, if you watched the film enough, you'd know if Well, how many times have you watched it? Oh, over 50. What? Probably, and they, yeah, right. You've oh, got to understand, right? There's really a lot didn't of. You have a lot of friends, did you? I do, you keep saying that. <laughs> I don't know how on earth you found the time right. to watch all these films multiple right. times. Full disclosure, then, right? When I was at public school, um, which I didn't want to go to, it's a long story. When I was at public school, I basically had a video recorder in my room, right, and access to all these videos for three years. There's a lot you can do in three years. Right? <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, right. So, you know, putting on jaws multiple times and, you know, and just... Anyway, it's just... Look, some people go fishing and some people watch films. I ended up watching films and then going out. And here we are. And here we are, exactly. We're not doing a fishing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we were, would you join in with a fishing podcast? J.R. Hartley. Fly fishing, yes. No, because not... I've never fished. Well, you've never watched these films either. <laughs> it doesn't mean to say I can't do both. What fish and watch films at the same time? <laughs> well, well, I potentially could do, but I'd, hey, f- I'd find fishing com- coming coming next season two, season two where we where we fish and watch films at the same time, oh, God. and then record the sound of the countryside as we well, as we give you a live our view. Podcast could be fish and film. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right, okay. Well, oh, God. If you like tangent. that, if you like that selection, uh, then yes, 
Um, please do get in contact with us. It's probably a good time to, to, to point out. You know, if you do like our ramblings or if you do like the idea of fish and film, we do like, you know, any feedback. Um, we still haven't done the film that Neil suggested, uh, which was Flight of the Navigator. Mm. We will get to that. because We we'll will, bring, Neil. We will. We will, Neil. But we, what we want to do is get... Oh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. What we want to do is get another couple of films before we bring Amy back in, because she will definitely want to join in for Flight of the Navigator, mm. I think. So we don't want to bring her in all the time, because um, otherwise she'll just think it's her podcast, and then the next thing you know, we'll be special guests on hers. Um, so <laughs> In a nice way. Uh, yeah, in a nice way, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so that... I, it just has the happy memories for me, which I think is why I gave it an eight. Um, and I think if you watch it, don't don't watch it as an overall film. Just just watch it. No, 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 no. But watch it for the watch it for the performances and watch it for the start of all of these people's careers. All of these, you know, of where they're all going to go. I'm sure this film didn't launch their careers. No, no. But you, well, okay. It's one of John Candy's first films. Doesn't okay, it say it's, it's one of Bill him. Murray's. You know, it wasn't one of Bill Murray's first films. But then you've got the byproducts. You've got Judge Reinhold, Billy in Beverly Hills Cop, which I only watched yesterday. And you're just thinking, he. you can see why he's in Beverly Hills Cop, because he's in films like this. Mm-mm. And this is a showcase for it. So I love it. Anyway, so... Um, do we talk about the tri- do we talk, talk trivia? Do we have a theme to Do we need trivia? to do any more about the plot? I don't know. I think we described the plot. Do we need to plot. talk about the film scenes that we watch that you won't see well we could do it depends what people watch and what they don't well if you pick up the normal version then what we're about to say is not in the normal version um understandably harold ramis when he gets <laughs> to the into there doesn't want to be there and says to bill murray uh we need to go we need to leave so they decide to um put themselves on a transport plane and get themselves out of the airbase where they are, wherever it's going, that's where they're going to go. Um, unfortunately, Harold Ramis thinks he's taken tramadol for the pain, and he's not. It's actually one of the recruits um, is hidden the drugs inside the tramadol container, and he's actually ended up taking LSD. So they're sitting on this transport plane, um, tripping out. Um, these these special commandos come in and go, "Yeah, we're we're off to Colombia. We're off to." You know, deep into the deep into the jungle to get rid of these Colombian warlords, and they're going, "Can we? Can we hitch a ride?" And Bill Murray's like, "Do you know who you're talking to? We're we're like CIA type thing," and they end up going on this completely different tangent, completely different film. They end up in the jungle. They end up being captured by the locals. Uh, locals, and the way he gets out of it is he sings like um, Tito Puente's um, "Cuando, Cuando, Cuando, Cuando." So he ends up getting out of it, and it's funny because he ends up putting all the drugs into the into the hot stew that they're having. But then you never see the effects of that. It's pointless. It's pointless. There's loads of pointless things. There's no wonder it wasn't in the film. Hmm. Um, it, and it doesn't match because then they they get back to the plane <laughs> at the same time as the commandos have finished their mission. They say, "Is there any chance you can give us a lift back now?" Um, and it's really really odd. I, I hope you just get the normal version because. All of the additions in there just don't make a lot of sense. Mm. You know, there were other, you know, there are other little bits, and um, I suppose if we're going on to the trivia bit, you were right when you were watching the film. So they, the, when the military police and um, 
Bill Murray and Harold Ramis all get together in General Barnaby's house, you saw the fireplace there and you saw the four-poster bed and all mm. that sort of thing. Yeah. That scene was filmed for when they're in Germany. That's actually their hotel room that's substituted for General Barnaby's house. <laughs> the stuff where they're fooling around in the bedroom in Germany was cut from the film. It wasn't in the original film. Oh, right, okay. So all they did was nick from the... They go, should we just split this up? And nobody will notice. Except it's exactly the same fire, exactly the same bed, exactly the same carpet, exactly the same chest. And I think some of the shots are the same as well. They could be. They were. They could be, yeah. yeah very much so. So, yeah. Um, so you don't miss much. So I wouldn't bother with the longer one. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, um, do we have a theme tune for the trivia bit? Trivia. No? <laughs> I think we need to work on that one. Let's move on. Yeah. Why don't you think of one then? Okay. Uh, not right now, though. Well, what? When are we going to do it? For well, we'll the... have to do it off air. Okay. Anyway, right, okay. Um, for those listening at home, this is the trivia bit. How about that? There we go. Right, okay. So, John Larroquette, the, the bit where he's watching the girls through the, <laughs> through the telescope... He's basically watching the recruits, the, the women, um, in in the shower. And he comes up with the line, Oh God, I wish I was a loofer. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, um, the director is uh, Ivan Reitman, which we haven't mentioned. Ivan Reitman would end up reassembling all of these people to do Ghostbusters two, three years later. But Ivan Reitman went, you've just improvised that line. What What's a loofer? <laughs> no idea. Well, I keep it in, but what does it mean? So he had to explain to him what a loofer is. Do people still use loofers? I don't know. There used to be. It was, they were all like the in thing, weren't they? Is it like a spo- like a coral sponge thing? Is that a loofer? It's, I don't know. It's got seeds in it. Oh god, it's not what I'm thinking of. It looks like a piece of coral, and these. It's not coral. My, it's not hard. My man used to keep it by the. No, 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 not coral. But it's like a. I don't know if it was an exfoliating thing. It looks like shredded wheat. <laughs> oh, well, then it might... Well, I don't know if it, it might be. It looks like shredded wheat. For those under 40 <laughs> or 45... But right, I don't go think and people Google it. use them anymore, do they? Because don't There's they, like... There's a lot like, of things people don't use. ...go mouldy and harbour bacteria. Do you remember Can't that there them. were, like, little stones? Pumice stones. Pumice stones. Yeah. You Where still have they get gone? Them? And who uses them? Well, I've got one upstairs. Have we? Uh, have you? Yes. Where is it? In the bathroom. No. Oh, God. You go in the bath every single day and you've not There's even th- noticed the pumice stone? No. Oh, God. Right, okay. okay. Well, ov- obviously on. I need it. It's removing hard skin. Right, it's well, that, that's what it scrubs for, isn't it? No, this is like... Really removing hard skin, like... <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not a video camera. People can't see what I'm doing. No, you can't. I bet you're all dying to see the when we launch the YouTube channel. That that would have been worth it alone. Um, but anyway, I don't think people need to see that. Um, yes, you can still get pumice stones. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the cast. How did we get onto that? I don't know. But when Sergeant Sergeant Hulker, so next piece of trivia, Sergeant Hulker sitting around and all the everybody, John Candy. Uh, John Deal, uh, Bill Murray, and everyone's explaining where they come from, you know. And he's sitting there and listening to where they come from. John yeah. Candy's like, um, oh, it's like a bonding. Thing, I used to swallow. It? T- told me I swallowed a lot of aggression as, lot, as long as a lot of donuts. 
you know, and it's and he's 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 on <laughs> joining the army because he wants because it's cheaper <laughs> than going to a, do a to, going to a health spa. <laughs> so he's, he's he's looking at this as like a ten week program thing. But when everyone's sitting around there, um, Bill Murray just improvises his. That's why people re- react to it as the way they do because he just made up the big toe calling Sergeant Hulker. He goes, "When you're not here." So you know, or when you're not here, I will be charged. But you, you are our big toe, you know, because the foot doesn't work without the big toe. And that's what he says. I'm going to see how far I can shove it up. Yeah. Anyway, we don't swear on the podcast. I'm not going to now. Um. So the. Can I ask a question? Go on. Right. What's puzzling me is why did on their night out? Why? What was? What was the purpose of going to the mud wrestling club? I don't know because that because that's one of the things. It was just basically um, basically improvised. It's, it's that, that, women that whole scene in a club. Was, yeah, um, they're topless and like serving beer and stuff. And then like you you can pay to go and mud wrestle. And John Candy ends up bidding to go in and. No, Bill Murray ends up like saying, you know, we've got all the money and everything. He basically hands over his five hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, So he's there, and then he's mud wrestling these ladies, and it's like I'm not quite sure what the purpose of this part of the film actually is. Was it just a a bonding thing, or yeah, probably yeah. Well, I don't know. They would have just got. Or was it just a case of, oh, let's have some more naked women in it? I think they needed a scene whereby something happened and the police raided it, which they did in this case, and then. Um, you the, the MPs the pick up MPs again, yeah, right, and then okay. So it's probably a vehicle. I for think that. they could have done something else, though. But anyway, um, this piece of trivia sounds sounds a bit really sounds a bit odd. It, it says the cast got drunk for two weeks after hearing of John Lennon's death. John Larroquette later admitted that he was drunk in the scene where he dressed down the company after the mud wrestling. So after the mud wrestling, they're given back to John Larroquette, and he's like going, "You guys are." A, stupid you know you guys or or this so basically he doesn't remember filming that scene because he just says i was so drunk and you watch it and you think he does look quite drunk but yeah but they said Cass got drunk for two weeks really yeah you sure that wasn't just a no so it says excuse anyway um bill murray and sean young didn't get along at all so Sean Young, obviously one of the the MPs, not mm. the one he was he was with, uh, but apparently it says Young didn't like his method of ad libbing during scenes and just going off on one. Whereas you have somebody like Bill Murray, and you're kind of counting on that. He's kind of going to do that, isn't he? Really? It's kind of like Robin Williams. You put Robin Williams in a in a scene, you give him some lines. You probably give Robin Williams two lines. And say we'd like you to do this whole whole thing. What would you do? It's a bit like Steve Martin when he's in in yeah. jail. Isn't yeah, it? sort of. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, and I, and ad and, and the great and the greats do that. I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs, but I'm sure for Good Morning Vietnam, most of that wasn't scripted. Oh yeah. I think it was just a case of the, put Robin Williams in someone something like that, and that's it. Give just, him a, give him a scene and just give him just, an, say, just give him a direction it, yeah. of where you'd like it to end, where you'd like it to get to, and just watch him get there. So, and I think it's the same with Bill Murray, to be honest, because I think, I know in Ghostbusters he had lib lines as well, and you just kind of like, just let him do it, because it, 
it works. He knows what he's doing. But I suppose if you're on the receiving end, if you're an actor or actress that has to kind of pick up and you're you're very formal and not really a lover of ad-libbing, the structure isn't there for you to actually kind of feel comfortable in order enough True, but there to isn't respond a, an awful in... lot of scenes that they did together. <coughs> I, and oh, what I it doesn't so. say, it doesn't provide the context of was she watching him do the, do the scenes where he was ad-libbing and going, why are you doing that? You're just being disrespectful to people. You just, you know, was she getting offended on other people's behalf? Because there weren't, I can't remember an awful lot of lines between them. They spoke at the coach station when they're putting them on the bus. That wasn't very long. They, though, spoke, they spoke when they caught them trying to escape. And I don't know, the bits... Yeah, because Bill, Bill was oh. with the with the blonde woman. Or... That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, the I, I've already said about the scene where it's, it actually says the scene after John Winger and MP Stella um, have sex in General Barnaby's house when they emerge from the trunk is after you lift from a cut scene where the guys and girls meet up in Germany. Mm. So yeah. Um, this this lift is now something of a continuity error in the special edition DVD where those cutscenes of the German hotel are now restored. You can tell this because if you watch the decor of the bedroom and the wardrobe, it's the same clothing they're wearing in the same hotel suite. So, yeah. Um, do you know how this how this film got made is a good... Um, is, is interesting because originally it was going to be... a. Um, Ivan, the story goes that Ivan Reitman was on the way to the premiere of Meatballs, one of the films that he um, it di- uh, directed, um, starring Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. Mm. And on the way, he went, I've got an idea. Um, Cheech and Chong joined the army. Do you know who Cheech and Chong were? No. Okay, Cheech and Chong were basically did stoner movies. So um, I'm trying to think of a... A sort of precursor to Jane Silent Bob. I haven't seen that either. Okay, all right. Uh, any more references I can give you that, that make, make no sense? Um, Cheech and Chong films were basically them in a series of situations where they were high most of the time. So basically, it was funny because they were high in situations <laughs> where they can't deal with it. And I, I, I liked some of them. I didn't like all of them, but I liked some of them, uh, the films that they did, because they're generally funny. Um, you know, Cheech Marin is just again is is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think what he was in. He played the caddy in Tin Cup. Do you remember Kevin Costner? Mm-hmm. He plays his caddy. I can't remember that. Anyway, <laughs> on his way, he had this idea that he's going to make Cheech and Chong uh, join the army. He went and pitched it the next day, and the studio went brilliant. Direct that because he directed Caddyshack, he directed Meatballs. He was on a bit of a high. Um, so he went to Cheech and Chong and they went yeah we'll do this sounds great yeah getting high joining the army but they wanted total control they wanted full control over everything including the marketing and everything because if it was going to be called Cheech and Chong joining the army they wanted full control over it so he went no Um, and then he went back he went what about the people that have been in the been in the films what about putting Bill Murray in there so what they did is they chatted to getting Harold Ramis to write some of it and then said, is there any chance you can star in it? Oh, and can you bring your mate Bill Murray as well? Is that okay? Um, so 
it was a bit like how um, Bob Geldof got Pink Floyd to play um, Live Eight. Do you know, the story was that he went to um, Dave Gilmore and then said, "Oh yeah, well, don't worry, all the others have said yes." Um, so he's just waiting upon you. And then <laughs> they went to uh, uh, Roger Waters and they went, "Oh, Dave Gilmore said yes. They're just waiting upon you." So they kind of like all say yes because they're not talking to each other. So there's no way so of them ringing know. each other yeah, up. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they've all said yes without actually ever having a choice in it. But anyway, so it's a bit like that. Mm. Um, the film grossed $1.8 million on day one on its first day of release and overall made $85 million, which was back in 1981 was That's probably quite, quite a lot. It was the fifth most popular film of 1981. I don't think even Cats has made that much, has it? What, 1.8 million? Oh, yeah, maybe not. No, 85 million. Oh, I was going to go for the 1.8 when it comes to cats, <laughs> to be fair. I'm not, I'm not being funny. Um, it's got an 86 p- approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Got a what? 86% oh, wow. approval rating. Wow. Because yeah, pe- people kind of like it, you know? It's just, it's just the, the way it is. Um, so, that's the end of trivia bit, because otherwise we could just take up half okay. the podcast doing, doing the trivia. But um, anyway, so that's the end of Stripes. And it's probably a good idea to introduce what was, a change Hang of, on. What, oh. was, what, was, what was the funniest part of the film for you? I, 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 I have different individual scenes. I, I, I'll, I'll give you an example, which I think I told you about okay, at the end of the film. standout scenes then. Well, the standout scene's got to be the, the, you know, the graduation, uh, which I think is... Um, but to my mind, there there are things in this. I, I take away things from films, and I just go, "It's that that means something to me." So, for example, when they're sitting in there, when they're sitting telling the stories, I know I've already told you this. Um, they're sitting in the stories, and there's a guy called Francis, and he goes, "Any of you people touch my stuff, and I kid you, right?" He goes, "I'm amazed, Francis, but everyone calls me psycho." If you call me Francis, I'll kill you, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, the the drill sergeant at the end of it just goes, "Lighten up, Francis." And I just I, I I think about that every time I listen to somebody like on a talk radio or something like that, and I'm just like thinking, "Oh, lighten up, Francis." <laughs> and it's just it's just stuck with me ever since because I'm just thinking the way that he delivers that line, it's funny to me every time. Um, I guess Bill Murray, you know, with his his lines and stuff. I always remember when everything's gone wrong, his girlfriend's left him, the car's repossessed, he's lost his job, there's nothing left. He just goes, and then depression sets in. And you just think, the way that he delivers that line, I know mental illness isn't, isn't funny, but the way that he delivers that line is just, us. Uh, there's too there's too many and and that's why I give it the eight out of ten if we well, come back to it because it it's it's a succession of things jumbled up in a big bag whereby I love this film okay um and it's just I I, I could watch it again now and I know you you never want to see it. if you had the choice you watch this one or Prancer again oh God don't watch don't make me watch Prancer I know I'm making you choose no all right I'm sure if you du- if you dubbed Prancer with a a horror theme tune it would be a, a horror story. <laughs> Anyway, perhaps. Um, what was your why funniest do I bit? Keep talking about Panzer. Every, every, uh, because it scarred us so just much, so horrendous. much. 
Anyway, please. Yeah, when it, I know one of the funniest only... moments of the film for me, not Prancer, but okay. this film. There's no funny moments in Prancer. <laughs> um, it's Did... actually quite a small part of the film, like a very, very small part. But I quite like small funny things. <laughs> oh, were you about to say I quite like small parts? <laughs> oh, sweetheart, you say you say the loveliest things. <laughs> Okay, tell me all about your um, interaction with the small part. (laughs) Right, okay. Um, It's actually when the two Czech guards at the security... Oh yeah, you found yourself laughing at that. Oh my God. They're in like the um, border control office. Yeah. And like, they've got tea, haven't they? That's right, yeah. And part of the moment is the other guard like ends up bodging him and he spills his tea all over him over yeah. the other guard and that's quite funny for me and then you see it happen again when they're coming through they're breaking through the other way <laughs> to get out of Czechoslovakia and the whole thing has blown up yeah um, they're just basically sitting on deck chairs they're outside. sitting on like I don't know upturned I don't know something or others but they've managed to muster together um, a contraption to actually be able to make another hot brew and they're just about to drink their brew again and they come crashing through the barrier and something else blows up and, like, they spill the tea over You like the again. slapstick bit in it, then? Yeah, yeah, it's just that small reference hmm. about on both occasions. Okay. I just thought it was funny. Well, that was it. That was your highlight. No. Did, you, did you like the graduation bit? Oh, yeah, that was quite good because yeah. they really must have rehearsed that. Yeah, despite the fact that it's not supposed to be rehearsed. That they did a bit of rehearsing and then fell asleep and were late to the graduation. Yeah. But you just think, that's I, I just love that bit. Yeah, that was good. John Kerr, that's another piece of trivia, actually. Just the last piece of trivia on that one. Um, I had it written down, but I think I, rem- I, I remembered it. Um, John Candy invited, during filming, he was very generous, he's very warm-hearted, to all intents and purposes, I think he's always been like this. Um, but he's a very warm-hearted individual. Um, he invited the cast round to his um, to his hotel room, um, whereby he'd had basically got loads of drinking, loads of food to watch the boxing. And while they're sitting there talking about it, they they come up with um, they start talking about do I diddy do I diddy diddy dun diddy mm-hmm. do, and everyone goes no idea what you're talking about. They they didn't know what the song was, so they end up getting drunk and learning the song to, to do a diddy. And when it comes into the film, that's improvised. Oh. Because they all knew what the song was. Right. Right, so they, this is basically a drunken night ends up coming up with, with that particular <laughs> moment. So, yeah, I'm sure there are lots of things like that. But anyway, right. So. What's next, then? Well, this is it. This is the, um, this is the change, isn't it, that we're going to do? Have we talked about the film enough? I think so. Well, 50 minutes. Okay. So, yeah, I think so. What we're not doing is that chronological order yeah, bit. Yeah, and I'm wondering whether we're missing stuff out because... Um, well, I think we're just the, talking about the film generally, I think. Just, just one thing that I noted hmm. about the vehicle. What was it called? The MG... The EM50. EM50, yeah. Basically, if that really was a heavily armoured kind of um, luxury camping touring vehicle, 
that thing would never get off the ground. Well, it managed it to get... It would have been so heavy. And then they got to get all the... All the they got like 10 people in it. <laughs> like, rescue them from it, some muddy... It's designed for that, though. ...area in Czechoslovakia yeah. over some really unkept kind of... I wouldn't even call them streets or roads. They're probably just tracks. That okay. thing had got... That thing had, would have definitely got stuck. Well, it's the magic of it's the movies. It's been so heavy. The magic of the movies. Anyway, right. there we go. Anyway, um, I don't think we missed anything. I think I just think if you've watched the film, then you'll probably appreciate what we just talked about because you'll you'll find little bits in it, and we'd love to we'd love to know what you think about it. We're at Instagram and Twitter the same. We what are would you at give Worcester it out of ten? Pod. Yeah, what would you give it out of ten? And and if you watched it, and, and if you haven't watched it for a while, um, and you can't find it on any of the sort of Netflix or Amazon or or however, or just if you have watched it, then. What were your favourite scenes? Hmm. Yeah, because we'd love we'd love some interaction. We've got loads of new um, followers on Facebook, but but uh, none of them are in, none of them are just. Don't, are they all sitting there and just avidly waiting for the I next don't podcast? I don't but know. do you agree with me about Bill Murray, or do you disagree with me about Bill Murray about the depth of character and, and I disagree. that emotional? I disagree. Kind of I think if connection. you look at a film like Groundhog Day, if you're not connecting with him on Groundhog Day, you haven't seen Groundhog Day. Hmm. Because he goes through everything in that. He goes through, you know, the narcissistic bits, the suicidal bits. This is a man on the edge, basically living the same day over and over until eventually he cracks it and finds, wait a minute, I can actually move this into position whereby I can... Can you imagine the toll that that would actually take on someone to do that day in, day out? And to have everything sort of mapped out. And then once he's designed his perfect day the day is allowed to continue to the next one. It's, oh, it's just Groundhog Day. Seriously. Scrooge, Groundhog Day. It's, okay, he's not, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, but at the same time... There will be blood. No, no, don't, let's not go through that again. We've already done that. Um, so, anyway, the that's, that's the end of Stripes. Um, uh, the next film, uh, what we're going to do, um, we realise that, you know, we look at the... We look at the stats, we look at what people like and what they don't like, and by far our most popular podcasts have been, um, certainly from a listening point of view, have been Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and Iron Eagle. Um, and there's probably a reason for that, because Iron Eagle is definitely counted as a forgotten film, um, but it's got such a cult following um, with people that they've ended up listening to it. And the same when it comes to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, there might not be a lot of people that remember that film, in the sense of, oh, I haven't watched it recently, but at least they can go back and go, oh, God, yeah, I remember Correct. listening to that. When we when we pick something like Leviathan, we, we pick it because we had to do it because it was, you know, it was the name of it the podcast. It meant a lot to you. Well, it meant a lot to me, but I'm just like thinking about the audience at the, at the same time. So I'm just thinking about what people remember. Yeah, uh, I don't think people watched it. We had 17% well, on Blooming. Okay, well, just, just be, well, we don't have to do just good films. We just do just do films. So, I, you know, I'm thinking like films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Blues Brothers, and things like that. Forgotten in the sense of, we we all remember it and we all remember watching it at the time, but probably to anyone over. I think there's a whole generation. There's a massive generation. So. Like that. So I think that's probably what we mean when we're when we're talking about a change of direction on the podcast is. We're, we're going to 
We're not doing we're not, things like ET. Because yeah. Well, that, no. Because really isn't forgotten. That's really. Yeah. Quite, there'd be no yeah. Back to the Future. Be no Goonies. Even though we watched the Goonies, and that's not as good as people remember. But still, that's for a different time. Um, but yeah, I just think films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think it's just incredible. It's been parodied so many times. He's even done it himself. He did a Super Bowl commercial, I think, mm. about five years ago, uh, where he parodied himself. And it's just it's just well-loved. But I think it's forgotten. I don't think it's reached a whole new audience. So with that in mind, uh, sorry, it's not going to be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What did we decide upon? We picked upon an, Os- uh, an Oscar winner. Um, what's his name? So, Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner, who can do no wrong, by the way. I haven't seen another. this film, by the way. No, ah, which is good. Which is one but, of the reasons why you went, what? You've not seen this film? Well, it won an Oscar. Film? It's like, got De Niro. No, I haven't It's got seen Costner. It's got Connery. It's got Andy Garcia. It's got tried and tested, you know, wonderful, you know, not just wonderful actors, next level actors. Mm. And I'm including Costner in that because I love Kevin Costner. But, you know, you've got, it's Brian De Palma. You know, directed, Oscar-laden time. And, yeah, it fits into the realm of forgotten, even though it was everywhere at the time. Um, it's just one of those films. I'm, I mean, I'm saying to already, for those who, who have seen it, I'm already saying the Kevin Costner, who plays Elliot Ness, going after Al Capone, um, the scene where the, you know, the, the baby, the pram, the station... That scene is just worth the entry alone. It's just incredible, and I can't wait to watch it again. And I've no idea what you're talking no, about. No, but when you watch it, you'll just go, "Oh, wow! That was that was something else." I, I, I'm just, I, I really think you'll like The Untouchables. Um, so it's not Leviathan, it's not Prancer, but then so it's nothing. You will actually enjoy this one. So, um, so with all that being said, we are. Is that Nick and Tim Tracker, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that being said, we're off. No, we need to find... We'll, we'll find some better ways. We'll find a theme tune for Roll Call, a theme tune for Trivia, as opposed to, and now the Trivia, um, and like a sign-off thing. Should we, should we We should get a sign-off thing. What should we do? I'm just going to say, Toodle Pip. Toodle Pip. All right, okay. Well, we've got people listening all over the world. Yeah, but who won't know what that chickens that means? Well, we t- we come out with like I don't know what they called colloquialisms or something, are they? I know, but we can but we can address a more global much, audience. We could say they're very much tailored to being British, I guess. So, toodle pip. I know, but if our listeners, if we could see where our listeners are, we've got some in Australia, we've got some in Germany, we've got some in the US. They're all over the place, so we could say. Goodbye, Cobber. <laughs> I don't think we need to pretend that we're No, but Australian I mean, we can start if appealing to the... I don't think that would appeal to Australians. What? The, that, no. <laughs> what, my bad that, Australian you're, you're, accent? You're trying to typecast. Alfie de Seine. No. Well, isn't that nice? With Alfie de Seine, um, mes amis? Pardon? You're ah, mixing French? I'm, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going... I'm German. I'm doing some, some serious DJ scratching here. And That's I'm mixing really it all not. in. Yeah, but no. but that appeals. Isn't just that a nice you. thing to do? No, just be you. All right, okay. Well, I had fun. I like stripes, and I can't wait <laughs> to see you next time. Sod off or something. <laughs> no, do we have to click the? No. No. Okay. The Sod. Bot- it's it's Earth. It's it's. Well, so's a female dog, but I'm not going to say that on here. That's not Earth. It's not, but it's definitely something else. Anyway, right. Um, 
I lo- love doing the podcast. So I will see you again next time. See you later. Toodle pip. Mm-hmm. <laughs>